Welcome home. As you listen to New Life the Fort, may you continue to experience the fullness of joy, life, and Christ in the days ahead. Well, good evening. It's so good to see this place so full. Um, there's just, uh, I can just sense the energy and the expectation in this room. And it's just wonderful being back here in the Philippines. And we want to say as well to you, uh, Pastor Alvin and Michelle, that we love you guys and we love what God is doing here in the Philippines and through you guys and through this church. Um, God is so good. And I just really want you to put your expectation just to another level tonight and just really trust God put your faith out there God wants to touch you he has got something for you tonight that you don't walk out of this place without being touched and have an encounter with God and with the Holy Spirit tonight because he's got something for you so thank you for receiving us and thank you for loving us thank you Yeah, I married her when she was 17. <laughs> I was 19, and we've been married for 43 years. She's literally the wife of my youth, and uh, I still feel young around her. She keeps me young, although she did call me old man after this last service before. She said, you took a little long to get down. The, you looked a little bit feeble. <laughs> so nice to have a wife. <laughs> You know, when I travel with, with Glenda, my wife, people say, how often do you travel with your daughter? And I'm just... <laughs> You've got to be secure. <laughs> Why don't you just lift your hands into the heavens and we thank you for the realm of the glory, Lord. Thank you for the easy transfer of the superior jurisdiction of heaven overriding and replacing the inferior jurisdiction of this fallen world. Thank you that we're not anything but firstly citizens of heaven, seated in the heavenly realms. We thank you, Lord, for the joy of living practical lives, real lives, raising families, lives that feel lonely at times, singles, wanting to be married, sickness, disappointments. And yet, Lord, we thank you, Jesus, that you've gone through the curtain on our behalf and you've anchored our soul in the eternal substance of eternity. Thank you, things change around us, but you never change. Our context and circumstances change, but you are always eternally the same yesterday, today, and forever. We ask today, Lord, that there'd be an impartation that would bring a supernatural boldness and confidence to continue going forward in life, no matter what we have to face. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a shout and a praise. You are so good, Lord. You are so good. I like the way Pastor Alvin says it. When you be seated, don't, uh, don't go into spectator mode because then I might have to go into entertainer mode. And you don't want to see that. That's, 
you know, I'm living, we're in the country where everyone can dance and sing. I don't dare try to dance in the Philippines. Maybe in Australia, mate, you can get away with it down under, but not yet. Everyone knows how to dance here. So take a seat, but on the edge of your seat. Well, Glenda said the truth. Um, there are many reasons I don't have the time to tell you why we particularly love the Philippines and really believe that God has made this nation pivotal and uh, for the move of the Spirit that the, the, the globe will take notice of you guys. And there's many prophetic words I've had for the Philippines and I, I'm not going to take up time to say that now. But last night I spoke on moving from the realms of the anointing into the realms of the glory. Spoke about God's heart for the Philippines. And uh, people were healed and things happened. But something strange happened to me when I came off the platform. And I don't know how many people were there, maybe a couple, one, 2,000, whatever. But I came off the platform and I was overwhelmed with emotion. And the culture I grew up in South Africa is men really don't cry in public. It's silly because Jesus cried in public. But you're just going to be very quiet there. I came off the platform. I was overwhelmed with emotion. I actually fell into Pastor Paul Chase's arms and just began to sob like a baby. Now that very afternoon, we had a men's conference together and I talked about masculinity and being in the military and soldiers and be a man. And I fell into another man's arms crying like a little baby last night. Because I was overwhelmed with the love of God. And it wasn't the issue about His love for me. Because for 40-something years in the front line of ministry, I've experienced His love tangibly every single day. But I was overwhelmed by His love for the Philippines. Overwhelmed. I mean, I was broken. I was sobbing. Because God loves this nation. God is exalting this nation and the nations of the earth. And you part of this nation and the fort. You are a significant church. I think we're only seeing one-sixth of you. I think this is the fifth service and there's one more to come. I was at the previous one. You are a significant church. You are an amazing church. We've seen the process over four years. One day, we're going to see you all gathered together in one big room. Come on, say amen. Imagine if God just paid that off cash. <laughs> so you bring your five loaves and two fish, and you transition them into the hands of the Lord of glory. He takes what can feed five people. I mean one person, and feeds 5,000. When you bring your tithes and your offerings, you're bringing the fruit of physical hours of labor and work, and you're turning that money into something that has eternal value. You are bringing something that's from the work it's taken you hours to earn, and you're giving it into the kingdom. You're transitioning it into a superior jurisdiction. As you're faithful with giving faithfully, 
The Father, I believe, is setting you up to ambush you with supernatural supply. Imagine all of you together. I'm not saying that's the way you should go, but imagine all six congregations all gathered together. And a building paid off. Wow. Can you imagine the attention it will bring around this nation? You need to get your cameras ready. You need to get your full footage ready. People are going to come and say, how did you guys do that? How did you do that? And you need to keep historical records of the process. Just lift your hands one more time and say, Lord, man, that's, that would be amazing. He is amazing. You are amazing. Thank you, Lord. We agree. A manifestation. Of your glory increase in this house in Jesus name Amen you know in the previous service there was a man sitting over here in the last service he had a it was a frozen shoulder it had been frozen for a month and uh, the power of God came upon him I didn't lay hands on him just ministering and he was able to just move that arm around vigorously and it was about another how many people that had some kind of healing? Five, ten, more. How many about? Pastor tells the truth. I could exaggerate. About a thousand, I think, were healed. <laughs> about half the congregation received it, that touch. Okay. So how many of you would like a touch from heaven? Physical touch, spiritual touch, emotional touch? Touching your psychology, your marriage. I'm going to talk just very quickly and very briefly about faith for physical healing. But believe me, the same faith for physical healing is the same faith that connects with the supply of God for anything that's going on in your life. Now, I want, I want to talk about um, how many of you ever prayed for someone in a wheelchair and they came out of the wheelchair? Put up your hands. Any of you prayed for someone in a wheelchair ever come out? All right. Anybody? No one here? Okay. Praise God. This is a relevant message. Have you got an imagination for first time? You know, the first time Glenda saw me, her knees got so weak. She just buckled and she proposed, said, will you marry me? And I said, just cool it, girl. There's always a first time. You always remember that first time. When something special happened. How many of you have an imagination that actually agrees with John 14 verse 12? Jesus says, truth themselves, eternal truth says, truly, truly. I say to you, whoever, everyone say whoever. Then say apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. He said, whoever believes in me, the miracles that I do, you will do also. And even greater works. Because I go to the Father. And when I go to the Father, I'll ask Him to send the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes, He will glorify me by taking everything that belongs to me and manifesting it to you. Do you know that the will of the Father is that everyone here has a first time 
of laying hands on someone in a wheelchair and them coming out. Do you know that that's, do you know that Jesus had a first time? It says that in John 2, it says, and this was the first time that Jesus revealed his glory. Do you know why that, you know why Jesus never did any miracles before he's 30? You know why? I promise you this is the sound theological truth. Because he couldn't. Because the Spirit was in him, but the Spirit was not yet upon him. And the Spirit of God in you is the anointing that remains in you, and it teaches you all things, and it is not counterfeit, and it trains and teaches you on the inside of you how to remain in him, how to be intimate with him. That's what it says in 1 John chapter 2.20. It says, you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. You actually know all things. Your brain doesn't know all things, but your spirit knows all things in the anointing you need to know. And then verse 27 says, the anointing you have received, it remains in you and teaches you all things. How to remain and be intimate with Him. So the Spirit of God on the inside of you it's not for my benefit or anyone else's benefit. It's exclusively for your benefit. That anointing can rise up in you and you can speak in tongues. You, the wisdom of God can rise up from your spirit and come into your consciousness. And you get that in, intuitive instinct and a sense of the guidance of God from the inside. There is a compass setting of heaven on the inside of you. Jesus had the Spirit on the inside of him from the day he was born because he was born perfectly and immaculately of a virgin birth by the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit. None of us had that birth. But when you were born again, it was exactly the firstborn from the dead is Jesus and he's the firstborn among many brothers. Romans 8 says that, verse 29. So when you were born again, the Spirit of God came on the inside of you. Just like when Jesus was born. And Jesus grew in wisdom and favor with God and favor with man. But there came a day when the Holy Spirit came upon him at the Jordan River. And from that day, Jesus had his first times. First time he turned water into wine. First time he opened the eyes of the blind. First time he opened the deaf ears. First time the cripples walked. First time, first time. Until over many times he repeated it. If you get through your first time, you'll find the second time easier, the third time easier. Amen? How many of you men remember the first time you asked a girl for a date? How terrified you were. The first time someone's sitting in a wheelchair in front of you and you standing there and Pastor Alvin, Pastor Mitch is not there. It's just you. This could be your first time. How could Jesus go to the cross, redeem us from the curse of the law, set us free from all condemnation? Send the Holy Spirit to come on the inside of us that we be born again. Then he sends the power of the Holy Spirit upon us. And then we just go through life, eating food, passing it through our body, taking up space, paying off our mortgage, getting old, and then we die. We were destined. We were called before time began. 
there's an original version of you that is so unique. God saw you before time existed. Ephesians 1 verse 7 said he predestinated you in love to be adopted and highly esteemed and accepted in his beloved Christ Jesus. He saw you. You can't put a quantum calculus on eternity. But if you think of before time, it's more than hundreds of millions of years ago. The, the earth hasn't been there yeah, that long. But before time began, God was thinking deeply about you. He chose the exact place and the exact time you would be born. Acts 17 says that. And he had a unique original voice. Your voice it is a voice that no one else has. You can open a bank account with your voice now because no one can copy your voice. Your fingerprints, no one can copy them. You are so original in the eternal version of you. God saw you through the optics of His eternal optimism, His eternal value of you and treasure of you. He saw you according to a pure version. And then we grow up in a world that has a corrupted wisdom. And we grow up in contexts and environments and atmospheres and spiritual climates that expose us to a pollution that distorts the original pure version to a perversion of what we meant to be. And then religion amplifies that perversion and exaggerates it and disintegrates us even further. And then you come to a church like the fort where there's no plan here to pervert or distort that original version of you but there's a plan here to create an atmosphere, a climate that awakens in your eternal soul all the affections and appetites to be restored to that original version that God had for you. And his original version was that we walk and talk and live like Jesus. All over the New Testament, it says the primary plan of God is to conform us to the image and likeness of Jesus. If you want to settle for something that is just, I go to church, I get a little prayer, I do a little blessing, but the real issue is I've just got to survive in this world. That's a perverted, corrupted information that has twisted our thinking. Every one of you are called to do things someone else can't do. I can't do mechanics. I wouldn't trust your car with me. If it was bad, I would wreck it completely while I'm trying to fix it. There are so many things I am useless at. But I know what He's called me to be. And there's nothing more wonderful to know what He's called you to be. And in this body, all six services, there is a diversity and variety no one's cloning anyone else. No one's stereotyping and cookie cutting. Here's my brother Daryl and some other brother Daryl, and we all talk the same. No, the fort is filled with people that are so diverse and so unique and so original. And you can never recover your original version without an atmosphere of grace, without an atmosphere of glory. And when you give yourself to saying, Lord, what your plan is for me, let me walk in it. I want to live in that. Because until you find the sweet spot, 
of what you originally designed by loving Heavenly Father. Until you find that sweet spot of what He designed you to be, you're going to live restless, frustrated, and dissatisfied. And your wife can't give that to you, and your husband can't, and your friends can't, and your boss can't, and this world can't. He can. And so in all of our diversity, one thing is the same. We all are called to do the miracles that Jesus did. And religion relegates that to professional priests or professional pastors. And then the rest are just sermon fodder to come and listen to sermons. That's a total demonic lie. Jesus died to bring an end to the Levitical priesthood. Jesus couldn't even have belonged to the Levitical priesthood. If Jesus went to Moses and said, Moses, please can I be a priest and leave a priest of Levi? Moses would say, Jesus, you are from the tribe of Judah. Get out of here. You cannot qualify to be a priest under the law of Moses. And it was God's will for all of Israel to be priests. For the whole nation to be a priest nation, men and women, to re represent the glory and the goodness of God to the heathen pagan nations of the world. And what did they do? They said, we don't want to go up the mountain into the realms of the glory. Let Moses go. And so they stayed on the outside. They stayed at the bottom of the mountain, outside of the glory. And Moses went up for 40 days and 40 nights. When he came down, his face was shining. But Israel had been outside of the glory for 40 days and 40 nights. And when Moses got there, the people of Israel, that God had called all of them to be priests, to represent the supernatural of God. The people of Israel were running around naked, committing immorality and worshipping a golden calf. Well, because outside of the glory, human beings will pervert the original version of what God meant for us. But in the glory, we transform into that original design. Amen. Come on, can you say amen? Anyone can say amen. Yeah. See, the church cannot go further than the degree of her exposure to the realms of the glory. And when the church tries to live with just religious programs and legalism and there's a professional priesthood or these professional pastors, we're a spiritual church, but it's the pastors. They're the godly people. We're not, we don't go up the mountain. We don't go into the realm of the glory. Uh, when the church lives like that around the world, then the world converts the church to the world's values and the world's immorality. But when the church lives in an atmosphere of heaven, an atmosphere of the realm of the glory, seven days a week. You don't need to be full-time. I wasn't always full-time. First couple of years of me being a Christian, I was working. In a, when you, wherever you work, it's not a secular job. It's sacred because you're there. There's no dichotomy, no separation between secular and sacred. There's nothing secular about you at all. You are holy and sacred, hand-picked, predestined. What a, what a waste. To go through this life and get to the end of your life and suddenly realize, I never found my original version. I was so insecure that anything anybody wanted me to be, I became that for them. Like a chameleon. 
Whatever context I am, I become like that group of people. No, Jesus said, when you went out to see John the Baptist, you thought you're going to go out there to see a reed tossed to and fro by the wind. Politics says this, I go this way. Religion says that, I go this way. Whatever the current opinion and context, I'm, I'm just being blown like a reed. He said, now you've come out there to see a messenger for, of the kingdom to say, prepare the way of the Lord. John got so carried away with that job, he lost his head. Three o'clock this morning, you'll laugh about that. You'll realize that was a perverted joke. He literally had his head chopped off. Jesus has called you and me to raise the dead. And the service before I talked about how a little baby God gave me a word of knowledge it wasn't um, it wasn't difficult that baby had been dead for three days inside the womb they're about to have it cut out and I had a word of knowledge didn't know that. anyway it's a long story you can anyway that baby was raised from the dead and you know it's the first time I've had a resurrection from the dead and it's like oh it was powerful but like Lord that's amazing Do you know, there's, there's so many first times for the, for the fort. How many can say, I'm ready for some first times? Yeah. Do you remember that dry feeling, guys, when you asked the girl to dance? You know, the girls just sit there all pretty and looking nice. And, you know, they just like, you know, they just say, oh, someone pick me, someone pick me. And all the guys are like thinking, oh, man, I'm so cool. But we don't, no one, and you eventually pluck up the courage and you walk across the room. Remember that time, guys, your, your lips were dry? Well, I'm challenging you. There's going to come a time you're standing in front of someone sitting in a wheelchair. It's just you and Jesus and that person. And you may try many times and fail, but you'll get a hit sooner or later. When you get that first one, you get that first one, you're going to be addicted for the second one. Not because it's just a sensational curiosity, because it's the compassion, the compassion of heaven being extended through you, the nail-scarred hands. So many Christians are looking for hands on them. What about our hands getting on the broken and the hurting and the lost and those people going to eternal darkness and judgment and we get our hands and touch them? There's not enough professional priests and pastors on the planet to reach the billions of people. Manila's crying out for the multitudes of believers to rise up up in the original version of God and get out of the perversion of religion and step out for a first time experience. Let me show you quickly. How to get a first time. Let's just see this Acts chapter 14 quickly, please. I want you to see three things that Paul did. And three things the crippled man do did. If you will do these three things and coach the person you're praying for to do the three things, you will see first times, second times, third, fourth, fifth times. I'm going to tell you quickly about my first time of bringing someone out of a wheelchair that was completely crippled. It happened in 1981. Since that time... Glenda and I have seen many cripples come out of wheelchairs. 
the vast majority we prayed for didn't come out of wheelchairs. Just be honest with you. But I'm talking about lots. Some of it even went on to secular primetime news in Australia. People coming out of wheelchairs because they had already been on the news as dying and crippled and would never walk. And they showed it on primetime news. We found out about that and someone invited them to our church. And I prayed for that lady. She came out of the wheelchair. The secular TV invited her back. And we went prime, lifetime, free. It would have cost us hundreds of thousands of dollars. We got it free. Once you get your first hit, you are going to be ruined from mediocre. <laughs> God wants to exalt every one of us into first time. Let's read this. Come on, shut up now, Rob. Finish. Come on. Okay, verse 8. In Leestra, in Manila, in, 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 in Philippines, Paul and Barnabas encountered a man who from birth had never walked. Say never walked. For he was crippled in his feet. Now watch the three things that Paul does, three things the crippled man did. He listened carefully to Paul as he preached. Say that with me. He listened carefully to Paul as he preached. People don't listen today. People are overstimulated with information. That social media is a brilliant thing, but it's also a very damaging thing. We've got a generation that are living in artificial reality and artificial relationships because everything's through media. People sit and have a dinner together, but they're looking at this stuff. Come on, when the people come to church, I say in Hong Kong, switch all your phones off now. Listen carefully to the Word of God, because faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the Word of God. And if, if people knew if I just listened, I would get gold, literal gold, blocks of gold. They would listen with all their heart. Well, Peter the Apostle says, your faith is more worthy than gold. Because if you need gold, faith can get gold. If you need something, faith can get it. Faith is the most precious commodity on the planet. And the only way faith comes is by hearing the Word of God. Unbelief comes by hearing the lies of the devil, hearing the lies of religion. But faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. There are some people who think healing is magic. It's just Rob's got some gift. He just does some magic thing and we don't know how it happened. It's nothing mysterious. It's hearing the word of God. It's faith rising up. This man in Liestra, he wasn't a believer. He was a complete heathen, pagan, worshiping Greek gods. But he had faith to be healed. And I'm sure he got saved after that. But unbelieving people can have faith to be healed. And when they get healed, they want to believe on Jesus now. He listened carefully to Paul as he preached. All of a sudden, Paul discerned that this man had faith in his heart to be healed. I'm always in a room when I'm preaching. You think that I'm just playing around. I'm, I'm, I'm so sensitive. I'm looking for pockets in the room where there are people who've got faith pulling on the anointing. feels like this whole room is pulling on the anointing right now. feels like faith is all over this place. Paul discerned that the crippled man had faith to be healed. So he shouted, you. Now, I think that was the only man in that crowd that had faith to be healed. Because Paul didn't say, everyone get healed. He just said, you. Faith will get heaven's attention and single you out. Wow. He said, you. Only you, sir. He said, so he shouted, you. 
in the name of the Lord Jesus, stand up on your feet. The man instantly jumped to his feet, stood for the first time in his life, and walked. Now, how many of you realize in many things you're much cleverer than me, you got more talents than me, and I'm telling you that's the truth because you can ask my wife. Anybody can do this. If you're a believer, you have the Spirit in you. If you don't yet have the Spirit upon you in power, we're going to fix that before we leave. And the power of God can come on you. But this is what Paul did. He preached the Word. Now, that doesn't take you to be a great gifted preacher, orator, communicator. It just means you can turn from one script to the next, which shows healing is the will of God. Secondly, you can look for faith in that person. And thirdly, when you see faith, tell them to stand up. Tell them to stretch out their hand. Open their ears. Walk in Jesus' name. Come on, say amen. What did the crippled man do? What do you need to tell someone before you pray? Don't just pray for everything that moves. It's not magic, friends. There has to be a target for the anointing to find in that person, which is their faith. And it would be cruel if faith was a mysterious thing that some have the honor of getting and others just don't get access to it. Anybody can have faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Romans chapter 10 verse 17, faith comes. The only way faith comes is by hearing the Word. So you can tell that person, there's three things this crippled man did. He listened carefully to the Word. Tell them, I'm going to teach you the Word of God. Listen carefully. Then you can tell, then, then when, once you see faith in their heart, tell them to stand. Tell them to move. Tell them when I speak, you respond to the words of faith. Now let me quickly tell you, my first time, my virginity was broken in 1981 on the wheelchair issue. I was a virgin when I married my wife and so was she. So I have not had any sex with any other woman or human being on the planet except with this one lady. Oh, I feel so holy about that. No, no, I don't. I wasn't even saved. Anyway, so I saw this church with so many miracle signs and wonders. And within a year, I was 25 and I was just crazy. And I was leading this church and exploded and was growing into hundreds of people so fast in South Africa. And our administrator said, my mom's been in a wheelchair for eight years. She cannot walk. Will you go to her house and will you pray for her? I said, okay. I went to her house. She's in the wheelchair. Wealthy woman, millionaire, top businesswoman in a wheelchair. She had no faith. She was so aggressive. She was so rude to me. She kept saying, my priest told me I'm in this wheelchair for the glory of God. And she kept telling me nonsense. And finally, I lost my temper. Because you see, Jesus didn't come riding side saddle like a passive little boy. He came with the authority and the masculinity of God the Son. He was a, nail, he was a sunburnt carpenter. It wasn't some sweet little boy. He had authority and you have authority. You have authority of dominion crowning your soul. Do not be intimidated by the spirit of this age. I just got angry with it. Jesus got angry. He took a whip and he cracked it and he kicked over tables and said, my father's house will not be like this. I just got angry. I said, 
You keep saying that God gave you this for your glory and your priest told you this. Well, your priest is educated beyond his, his intelligence. I'm telling you, lady, God, you, 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 God's not getting any glory out of this. You're a grumpy old bag. You're a grumpy old woman. I am not. I said, I'm a young man. I could be out in that surf. I could be surfing those waves. I'm in this room with a grumpy old man because of your daughter's sake. Now, listen, lady, do you believe the Bible? She says, yes, from revelations to generations. I said, okay. So I opened the book of Genesis and I talked about the first healing with Abraham. And I took, I went right through the entire Bible. I mean, she just said, <laughs> and she just is horrible. And I just thought, there's no gifts of the Spirit. Come on, working in miracles, just pull in your now. Gifts of healing, please just come now. Nothing, just dry, dead atmosphere. And this grumpy lady looking at me. And I went through, I showed her, I said, you believe that? And then I showed her all of Israel, over 3 million people, when they, at the Passover feast, the blood doorposts, they came out, no feeble amongst them. Psalm 105 says they were laden down with gold and silver. No one was sick. 3 million people were healed. And God said, I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord that heals you. I took her through the cross in Isaiah 53. By stripes, you were healed. God's not going to put sickness on Jesus on the cross and then put that same sickness on you. God's not going to commit double jeopardy here. He's already judged your sickness. The spirit that's crippled you is a demonic spirit. And the Word of God says, by stripes, you were healed. And I went through all the Armana prophets and the major prophets. You don't have to mind your major minors on all of those things. But I went through all of that. Then I got to Jesus and I showed through the book of Matthew. And he healed them all. And he healed them all. And he healed them all. And this was to confirm what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. And I was getting through the Gospels. Then I got through the book of Acts. And it was one hour and 15 minutes later. And this grumpy old bag is sitting there. And suddenly in about an hour and 15 minutes, I saw faith flare in her eyes I also saw anger in her eyes I said lady you got faith haven't you she said yes I said you also got anger I can see anger in your eyes she said yes I said why are you angry she said I'm angry with my priest for lying to me you got to cast out those filthy religious distortions and perversions that are lies about Jesus and the finished work of the cross. As soon as I saw faith, you say, how do you see it? I don't know. I just know. You know when faith is in someone's heart. I said, okay, lady, I can see this faith in your eyes. This is my first time. I'm a blushing virgin. Blushing and angry at the same time. And my friend Granville Jackson was with me and I laid my hands. We both laid our hands. We said, this is what we said. We curse the spirit of infirmity that's crippled you. And in the authority of Jesus' name, we decree and declare you healed. Rise up and walk. I said, lady, you want me to help you out? She said, no. And she went like this. And walked across the lounge, down the passageway. I jumped into the arms of my friend Granville. I said, it works, it works, it works. It jolly well works. Faith does come by hearing. And she lived and walked 
for many years. She came to our church and walked in the grumpy old bed. And she walked in. Weeks later, just walking, she said, Yeah, now your pastor came to me, and he's a bit of a cheeky young man. But she said, You know, it worked. That was my first time. She's been many after that time. No one raised their hands today, and that's not a condemnation, no problem at all. But the day's coming when we'll go to churches and say, No more reliance on priests, no more reliance on special gifts. How many of you have prayed for a cripple and walk and they walked and you'll see everyone's hands going up? That's the church I see in the near future. That's what I see for the fort. That's what I see. Just go for it and go for it and go for it until you get your first hit. But don't play magic with people. Don't just say, oh, you little old lady who thinks you're in this wheelchair by the glory of God. Little old lady who believes everything your priest told you that contradicts scripture. Don't try and lay your hands on that person. Teach the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing. And, and every one of you can read from Isaiah 53. Any one of you can open Matthew chapter 8. Search. You can go online and you can check out all those healing scriptures. Get about 15 or 20. And you may only need 5 or 10. But go through. Before you pray for someone, make sure you read the scriptures. And you can read them confidently and under an anointing. And when you see faith come, Pray for them. Come, let's stand together. Our time's already gone completely. Just want you. If you need healing, just raise your hand quickly right now. Just raise your hand. Okay, praise God. Okay, God bless you. Put your hands down. I'm going to pray. I'm going to speak over you because I believe there's faith in this house. And when I speak and decree and declare... Then I'm going to ask you to put your hands up again just by faith at first. It's like you're standing up, okay? I'm just going to ask you to put your hands up by faith. Close your eyes. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I thank you that healing is not a complicated thing. It's simple, Lord. Every one of us can flow in it because we are originally designed by our Creator to be healers, masters, having dominion over demons and sickness and disease. I speak over this beautiful congregation. I decree and declare that every spirit of infirmity and sickness and disease, you are illegal, you are illegitimate, you have no right to squat on the inheritance of God. These people are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Their very bodies belong to God. Their very bodies have been redeemed. And I rebuke every spirit of sickness, every spirit of disease, all pain in Jesus' name. I command that it goes right now in Jesus' name. We decree it, we declare it from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, ears, eyes, nose, shoulders, spine, hips, ankles, every part, organs, be healed now in Jesus' name. All right. Now, by faith, I want you just to raise your hand and go, yes. Okay. Yeah. You can put your hands down. Check your bodies. Move them around quickly. Come on. Just check something. If you move something that doesn't want to move and it's still sore, try it again. Just, just be bold about it. Just move it again. Move it again. Move it again. Just be determined. Say, Lord, I stretch this out. I stretch my faith out. I connect with that healing in Jesus' name. Oh, we got the second service coming. You got the second service. You got the last service.
the Lord bless you. <laughs> and I got carried away. I forgot. I, I went right over. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Now, there's some of you going to be 100% healed. And some of you, you'll feel 20%, 30%, 40% or more improvement. Listen, if you couldn't lift your hand up to, if you couldn't lift your hand at all, you couldn't lift your hand up here. But if you get it halfway up, that's 50% improvement. That's a miracle in momentum. And you celebrate that and you'll get the rest of the miracle. So I want to just start with those who feel in your body the pain's gone or there's been a change 100%. I want to ask those first. Just put up your hand. God bless you. Well, wave your hand if you can feel 100%. That's, that's a, just hold your hand up high and wave it at us. Look at that. Let's celebrate that. Look, wave your hands. Look at that. 100%. That's, that is phenomenal. I don't know how many is that, but Pastor, I feel like it's five, six. Okay. All right. That's phenomenal. The ratio of that is very high. So this is a faith church. There's faith in this house. Come on. Now, those of you who feel like a 20%, 30%, 40%, 50%, whatever, 80%, 90%, you can feel this improvement. Once you just lift both your hands up and wave them around. Wow, look at that. Look at that. That is so many healings and miracles. Just look, everyone just lift your hands up. Say, Father, Jesus, I'll just pray it. Say, sorry, he's so kind. Just say, Father, thank you that Jesus is the firstborn from the dead among many brothers. I am born from the dead in Christ Jesus. And I look forward to in my life many first times first time miracles first time healings first time victories I will never give up until I get that first time I get that first hit because then I get the second and the third and the fourth just say I I mean don't say it but Father I consecrate this house under the anointing for first times and the whole spectrum of the power of the promises of God and Lord, I decree and declare in the name of Jesus that anointing to move and that atmosphere to keep on awakening appetites and affections to be the original version of what you called us to be. Father, I thank you for this house. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, Follow us on social media or visit us at newlifethefort.com.